space. Hi, everybody. Welcome to RCHS Alumni Live. This week, we're joined by Tamisha Binky Williams from the West Coast. From the West Coast. Oh, I thought you were trying to say I was from the West Coast. I'm like, I am from Richmond, Virginia. From okay, I'm living we, in the West Coast. Got we it. know you rep Richmond, Virginia. We know you rep RVA. <laughs> Um, but you're actually sitting right now yes. on the left coast. Yeah. Um, everybody who's in the space, give us a thumbs up or a hi there and hello. Some of those reactions that we're seeing could be from people who like chimed in earlier in the week and were like, I want to know when you guys will go live. So mm -hmm. here we are going live on the web. Today is Tuesday, May 21st. Um, like we said, um, or like I said, we're joined by Tamisha Binky Williams, um, class of O2, which oh, I feel yeah. is one of the best classes yeah, on the face of the earth. Um, and so here we are, everybody. I did have something that I wanted to come out the gate with. Um, the mandate slash mission of this show is very, very simple. Um, we've got awesome alumni all over the planet doing really, really cool things. And I think that we all should know about it. So this is why that this is why I've created this show alongside fabulous guests like Binky, um, who will be speaking with weekly, um, in addition to announcing things that are going on um with the high school and things that are going going on um, with the various alumnus. I can never get the word right. Alumnus, oh, alumni, who knows? Tomato, tomato. It is what it is. Biggie, how's your day been? Good. It's been good. Last week, I would have been a very different answer, but it's been great today. It's been, it's been good today? Good, good, good. May in schools, they talk about how like long the month of May is. It's like everyone just goes off the handle and so yeah like it well how is may different than june because i guess june is when everyone's being pushed out into yeah well I mean, in particular our school like once june hits they're gone it's not like rps where it's like we're you know it's probably june our may is like rps is june if they still go all the way through june i see yeah because we weren't through back in the day until like halfway through june right uh-huh uh-huh yeah yeah like we're done like the last week in may graduation and then what about these kids out in hanover county which this show is not about hanover county schools oh, about but no they're about to go to a year-round school plan oh. yeah, yeah, yeah yeah have you heard of that it's like is that a thing it is a thing i mean i i personally as someone who's really flexible would be okay with it because the idea is i also love school um <laughs> the idea right. is um you go for a certain amount of weeks and then you're off for a few weeks and you're you go for a certain amount of weeks and then you're off for a few weeks so it's not like you're um you know like you're going to school heavy all day you just get longer chunks of break instead of this huge summer break and a lot of people get summer melt like they lose their information you just it's yeah but a lot of people aren't going to go for it because you know, people have trained their schedules around. How do you think administrators are going to feel about that? Like, because one of the perks of the gig is getting your summer off, right? You still get really substantial breaks, though. Okay. From, from the systems that I've seen. I yeah, it seems like they get like three weeks off at like in, at random intervals. So just exactly, kind of. Exactly. Yeah. So that's still a perk. Cool. Cool, 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 cool. Yeah. 
All right, well, we've got one viewer right now, so hi to the one viewer. Leave us a comment down below. The format of the show is very, very loose and very, very um, simple in that people can kind of go and come as they please. Think morning meeting without the pressure of Senorita making us be there. Wait, so you know I announced morning meeting during one of my years at Community. <laughs> which community, were, which year were you the morning meeting announcer? It had to be like junior or senior because... I mean, I'm sure they wouldn't have let a freshman and sophomore do it. I don't I mean, remember. Maybe. I just remember, I love that role of like, give me your notes, make the announcements. Like, I'm starting to meet. Yeah. I remember it being way too early in the morning. It was. But, but nothing changed. 100%. <laughs> unacceptable. <laughs> Absolutely unacceptable. But we made it happen. And I do remember you being in the middle of the floor, bringing all the noise and the funk two morning meetings. I try, I try. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we know what year you graduated, but go ahead, tell us what year you graduated from uh, community. I graduated in 2002, one of the greatest years in the history of. <laughs> it really was, it really was. I'm far we from very, too. We were a very prideful class. Like we, <laughs> we still are a very we prideful are. class. And that was the last year of Audrey Swan. Um, that was Andre Swan Swan year. We tried to do a lot of things to commemorate that year. Um, yeah, it was beautiful. It was a really, it was a really good time. Um, what's your favorite memory from Richmond Community High School? Ooh, okay. Let me search the catalog. Multiple. So, okay, let me take that question, but answer it as kind of like a group of memories. I think what I loved about about community, like my favorite memories, are some were some of the traditions. Because I know I don't think that all the traditions have stayed. Again, I am one of those nerdy people who love school. So for me, um, what was it? Frosh orientation. Well, okay. So at the school I'm at now, we call freshmen frosh instead of freshmen, and so, so we take taking like the gendered aspect away of it. So frosh. Okay. And we, we're, we're gonna talk soon about your work <laughs> as it relates to <laughs> getting people together. Because I'm like. Yes, yeah, so I'm used to saying frosh now instead of freshman. Anyway, okay. so during um, freshman orientation, like I loved freshman orientation. And then wasn't ours like six weeks? Am I lying about that? It was long, right? It was long and hot. It, and I loved it. Um, so that was one of my favorite memories, favorite memories of community was like freshman orientation. And I used to come back later and help out with freshman orientations. And then they started getting cut short. And I was like, two weeks. What is this? Like, <laughs> right? We wouldn't have even been through all of a lesson before dying, crying our eyes. Novel two field trips. Um, so I loved, I loved freshman orientation. Uh, that was fun to me and because so many memories came out of it. Like, kudos, kudos, kudos. Like, we did those all the time. Um, anyway, another favorite memory of me of mine had to be the spaghetti dinner, the very last one when we were seniors. Oh yes, spaghetti dinner. We had the like stage up, and like, <laughs> I can still remember. Like, was it Kara, Victoria, Carla, and myself? Was there somebody else there who did like the dance to Britney Spears? I don't know what I was doing. We had like stockings in our arms, <laughs> but then like I just remember the guy stepping. <laughs> I mean, on a very wobbly makeshift stage <laughs> under a low ceiling. <laughs> yeah. um, okay, so that would be memory number two, a tradition, right? I don't even know if they still do the spaghetti dinner, but if I were in town and they were doing a spaghetti dinner, I would attend. Yes. Um, the other one was just like, 
Uh, I don't even know. Do I have, a, I don't know if I have a favorite, favorite memory. Like for me, it's just when I talk about community, it was all a, a favorite memory for me. And I think like working now in independent schools, it's pretty funny to kind of look at like a school that costs, well, okay. I mean, it didn't cost zero, right? Like somebody was paying for it. I mean, to look at a school that was a free public school versus some of the schools where people are paying tens of thousands of dollars to attend and really looking back and recognizing, like we had some pretty dope programming back then. And we had a lot of freedoms at community that I'm sure, um, other RPS high schoolers didn't get the privilege of having just given the nature of our school. And those privileges led to like a lot of great memories. Like we were just doing some stuff that like, what, why were we allowed? And I'm so glad we were allowed to do it. So. I mean, really, really radical things. Like um, one of my favorite memories um, is the people classes. Like the fact that we actually got to create our own, that's what gospel choir was. Gospel choir was basically. Yeah, I remember I was like, gospel choir was definitely a favorite memory of mine. But I mean, like, where else are you seeing, like, you know, students teaching other students about, like, robotics and video games and choir and, like... Then when they're, like, African dance, like, didn't Ebony and all of them do that? Um, Yes. Right, and so, again, like, just those, having the agency to be like, this is the group I want and, like, us organizing it. Um, Did we sing, I'm going to take a trip in that? No, that was probably my church choir, not... No, we we took many a trip. We we took many a trip. Which is kind of crazy given that it was a public school and we were like, so that's my favorite memory. Okay. Not my favorite, but one of my favorite memories is when the God, was that an impromptu gospel choir concert on the stage that was still in the cafeteria during lunch? lunch. And we asked Miss Swan to come up on that stage. And I don't know what we were singing. Probably one of our favorites. Like, Oh yes. Oh yes. This is our favorite. I don't, I mean, we, Singing Praises to the King was like one of the favorites. And she, what I remember about Miss Swan was that she was very like, I can't get affiliated with this because it's not in a public school. She was, she was that way all the way until the very end. And then by the very end, she's like, bring him! I love it. I really do. Speaking of which, what is one of your favorite mini-mester memories? Wow, mini-mester. Oh, because I want to say that this week, the 20th through the 24th, current Richard... Yeah, they're right right now on (laughs) Chinkatink, which I hope is still a thing. Um, Chinkatink Island, New York. I mean, if anyone knows where the current kids are, please feel free to comment down below. Aisha Ahmed is in the room. Class of 03. Yes, Aisha. Okay, so favorite mini-mester memory. Gosh. Okay, do you remember when Julian got hit by that? So he didn't get hit by the car, but he got bumped by the car in Boston. (laughs) Is that why he lives there now? (laughs) Is it? A special connection. Does he so, have like, 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 um, you're not going to have to worry about anything for the rest of your life as long as you live here. He get hit by a car in Boston. Okay, no, no, no. That is not. <laughs> no, it was like we were all trying to cross. But you know, the drivers in New England. Is that New England? Is that considered New England? I'm showing my, like, sorry, Mr. Wagner. Where is Wag? Yeah, exactly. Um, Shout out to Wag. The guy, like, the person driving just refused to stop. And so it was one of those, like, fine. We're just going to keep walking in like a bump. It was funny. Um, people, oh, one memory was on from New York. And when all of the uh, guys 
painted with when that was like furniture paint, like red socks on their oh head. yes, like <laughs> Kyle and um uh David Facetelli. I'm sure Henry was in there. That whole bunch, yes. And yes, then yes. They, they switched their um order to say sex rod. Because that's, red what, socks. that's what the kids do. I took a picture, I had that in a scrapbook. So Boston was your favorite. No, I don't think any was my favorite. I think I I don't like the name favorites. <laughs> I can tell. Um, this is going to be a very interesting uh, episode if I can't get you to actually talk about what you actually. You, I guess you liked everything. I like no, I like the trips. I like the trips were a highlight. The trips were a highlight. I yeah, I don't know that I liked one over the other, honestly. And you also were one. Of, were you one of those fancy kids that went to Costa Rica with? Uh, mm -hmm. Oh, see, neither did I. No, I just remember Omari came back like fluent. <laughs> they were all Costa Rica. Like, like, we hopped into Spanish class afterwards, and I was like, well, dang, I guess I should have gone because he had this like vocal collect connection with Singerita. Like, oh, no, no, and I was like, oh my gosh, like the level of like rolling that it came off of your tongue. Like, that's amazing. I did not know. One of my favorite memories of Senorita Willis's class was the taco days where we all had to bring in like an ingredient, which I think also fostered a spirit of community. We had a couple of those throughout the years. So I can give you favorite Senorita class memory. Um, oh, actually, there are uh, several. <laughs> okay. Okay. One is the paella day. So like, yeah, bringing in taco stuff was cool. But when she would make paella. That was one. She actually yeah. made, made paella. Like, that was good. Um, and then also the songs that we had to sing. Que sera de mi. Que sera de mi. Sin poder soñar contigo. Like, that, those are, to me, like, yeah. those are my favorite. Or, like, Fly, Volar. That's a song. Volar. I forgot about that until this moment. <laughs> yes, Fly. She had a very interesting oh. way of, uh, of just getting us to get it. It like she they said that she could teach a tree how to speak Spanish. You're not gonna go All right, favorite academic memory, which this one, um Lisa didn't like this question last week, but okay. what I'm meaning is like there were there was lots of shenanigans, there was gospel choir, there was spaghetti dinner, there was all of these extracurricular wonderful things going on that we were we were dancing and singing up and down that sl that sl that slope that connected the two buildings. I mean, we would always There's like there was a giant like ramp in the middle of the school. You don't remember the giant oh, ramp? Yes. Okay, got you. Got you. Got you. I'm there. I'm there. I had to walk myself back through. Oh, I remember one of the songs we used to sing. I will not put that on here in public. Just know it was a Joy Beattie song. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, okay. It might have been a Joy, Kara. Who else was in that group? It was um, it was based loosely off the song, What Would You Do for a Klondike Bar? And it was a, um, a, a uh, sexual health song to really educate people. Oh, I do remember. Yeah, we can't we can't share this because because if someone chooses to listen to this as the podcast version in the car with their kids on the way to school, what you're not going to do is have them coming for me about, you know. But again, this is so senior readers class is also an as evidence of it, right? Of the stuff that I'm trying to get um teachers to think about 
um, infusing into their classrooms now, right? Because everything has become like academics, academics. They were already infusing in our classes in high school, right? So like music and singing, because they they know that that activates the brain to learning. Like that's a, so then do we were- Do you think our teachers doing. doing that deliberately or do you think that they were like, that was just their way? So part of it, it's, it's cultural. So like, I don't, I don't mean to do this, but I am in my office. <laughs> Here's the book. <laughs> oh, wait, wait. Bring let me let me let me make your shit. Culturally responsive teaching in the brain, right? Okay, okay, okay. And the part of it is talking about like, you know, thinking about collectivist culture versus individualistic culture and blah blah blah. And here are the different tactics that help the brain learn and maintain. There's so much more to that book. This was just my like two second synopsis. But as I was reading it, I just remember like reading it and being like, we've had a great education, right? Like, like I think that there's a way that people look at public schools, especially, and they're like, oh, those poor children. And um, yeah, you know, like just kind of thinking disparagingly about them. And RPS, like we're, we're gonna keep fighting for like stuff to continue to get better in RPS. But the people that created community from inception we're not just doing stuff because it was like random. They knew what helps people succeed. They knew what helped um, people learn. And especially thinking about brown and black kids, like what's already in our culture? Like, like what are the things that culturally we're learning from before we even step into a classroom at the age of five? Yeah. Music, right? Like there's um, like putting things to rhymes, uh, dancing, movement. And so when I look back at my education, I'm like, yeah, the reason I can still recite paragraphs from Spanish is because they were all coupled with some type of like music, dance and movement, right? And then when we started doing study halls, oh my gosh, remember, were you in, I don't remember who was in the group, but there used to be study halls at VCU's library. Oh yes. Where like oh, that yeah. junior senior year, when we started doing those study halls, well then we just took the tools that our teachers gave us and we started like making our own tests or creating our own rhymes and um, and so, yeah, there's a way that for me, that education, I'm like, we had a really great education because some of the things that now people are trying to get people to infuse into their classrooms, I think our teachers did it because they were great teachers. They had teaching, found, like they had teaching foundation as a background. Um, and it was also cultural. Like you couldn't have all, you shouldn't have all of us in a room, given our le a level of like energy and access and movement and wanting to do and not use that to help us learn. And the fact that they use it to help us learn meant that like, we learned. And we're still holding on to those memories today. Oh, like we're, yeah. still, we're still remembering everything. Yeah. That we I bet you could recite that Tension Pasa Hedis. Like, <laughs> you know, paragraph from Spanish. Like, it's like, you know, and that was like an AP. Like, 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 right? Like, yeah. 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 Um, so I think that there's just that, that piece of it. And I don't know what question got me here. The question got to your favorite academic memory. Um, you know, for those of you who are just joining in and listening in via the podcast, we are joined today by Tamisha Binky Williams, class of 02. The reason why she speaks so uh, brainy like and, and <laughs> intelligentsia is because she is the Dean of Adult Equity and Inclusion at Lick Wilmerding High School in San Francisco, California. 
She worked with staff, faculty, parents, trustees, and administrators in creating an integrated program to further the school's commitment to diversity, equity, and inclusion. Um, I'm going to leave the second paragraph out because <laughs> I'll, I'll ask you to talk about that and brag on yourself in a second. All of these BAs and MAs and PAs and CAs and ZAs. Um, Tamisha currently serves as the People of Color in Independent Schools, P-O-C-I-S. Is they, they, they say Pocus. Posis. Posis. Yes. Posis. Posis. Board of Directors, where she helps to coordinate networking and professional development opportunities for Northern California Bay Area educators and school communities. The part that I missed uh, missed out on, or that I that I left off, is where we where you tell us about your collegiate experience. Mm. So walk us through. You're at the senior year. You've done yeah. your senior presentation, which was on. Uh-huh. I don't remember that. Oh. <laughs> oh wait. It was on um it was on the uh teachers doing better about having accommodations for students with dyslexia. See, so you were already like laying the groundwork for the work that you would do in your present life. Imagine that. <laughs> and I like, yeah, no, seriously, I <laughs> yeah, it was just what interests me at the time. So I I've I don't think like I was young and I was like, I'm gonna follow my life depending on what I'm interested in. That's just kind of how like my motivation works is like I have interest in this area. So I just, I go with it because I'm not one of those people that can easily answer the question, where will you be in five years? I have no idea, but I at least like, um, and for some people that's a really easy question to answer. For me, um, that's always been a hard question to answer and job interviews at this point, I've just been really upfront with people actually, you know, my answer, I'm going to follow my interests. Like I'm going to follow my passions, follow. Um, and so, yeah, I think at that time that, that that's what interests me. I did not know that I was going to be setting myself up to then look at equity and inclusion in schools. Now. I think it's perfect. I think it's perfect that that something within you and we were we were in a space and in a school that allowed us to self-select what we wanted to speak about. Mm -hmm. I don't remember what mine's about now. I'll put you on the spot. Um, and I wonder if they still have them in the library at the school because weren't they like bound? Our senior thesis were bound. Then put yes. In the no, I, I think I don't know that it's still doing all of that. I, I feel like uh, maybe four or five years ago when I was on the. Um, advisory board for community i came to a couple of the presentations and so they've shifted so i don't know what they look like now but okay. they, we went hard there was a lot happening my God. Was, i'm gonna have to really meditate on what my thing was um because now i'm curious anyway you did your senior um uh oh, right. yes okay so where i went after yes you were, you were in an nhs i believe yes all mm -hmm. that Hold up and had that great time. Regalia. <laughs> yes, yes, regalia. It's gold and tassel. And then what? And then what happened? We crossed that stage. We sang. I just we can't. Sang our song. I just can't give up now. Don't make me faint on the show. Okay. What happened? Don't make me faint in the spirit on the show. Um. Okay. So then after um. After graduating from community, I went right on down the road about 10, 15 minutes to University of Richmond. So I didn't know the University of Richmond existed until my junior year, even though it was 10, 15 minutes down the road from our school when it was on Patterson Avenue. Wow. Um, I knew that it existed when Tim May went. And so then when Tim went, Tim would come back and talk to us about like the Bonner Scholars Program, which is a, a community engagement scholarship program there. 
And so John Lee and I were applying at the time. Um, and I went to like, they had programs where you, oh, actually, no, they had a scholarship specifically for African-American students. So I applied to that, duh. Um, and then during that application process, kind of came on campus a couple times to like, just see the like life of the campus. And so I was able to go to like intramural games and I loved it. So I went to University of Richmond. Um, I was a part of that scholarship. It was a Cigna Scholars program at that time. Um, it's now morphed into another program and had a fantastic time. So University of Richmond for undergrad. Um, I did studio art and comprehensive education. There's a story behind that. You probably don't want to go into that story, but I, I, I want to go into that story because I don't even remember you picking up a, a, a sparkle stick or a piece of glue or a piece of chalk in I high school. Dare you. Oh, I do remember the wall. In, in the house. Yes, yes. That yes. was very artistic. Um, which but was, that, yeah. But so, I, don't think, I don't think I had anything. To, yeah, so I don't understand how you made that left. So how tell I went me. to art? Yeah, so I got into art. Um, okay, so two different reasons. One is always loved art. I loved crafting, right, and doing things like that. Um, but I never, I think I took one art class at Community. And when if I were to go back, like when people say, like, oh, if you went back in time, what would you do? I actually loved all my schooling you know, like blessings, right? Because a lot of people have a lot of traumatic experiences around that. I would, one, be more focused and then I would take more <laughs> art classes because <laughs> we had an incredible art teacher and I took one art class for probably one semester because we had that block scheduling. Um, thankfully, University of Richmond being the liberal art, liberal art school that it was, I didn't have to come in with a full portfolio um, in order to do their art classes. So I took all of the intro classes I originally went in like, I'm gonna be a child psychologist. And then I started- We got, we got a comment here. Uh, Jamia Jones Garrett says, Binky has always been amazingly awesome. Thank and you. then she, she just called me out. Binky used to always doodle. <laughs> um, and then Terry G. Williams, mother dearest, <laughs> says, hello, my sweetie. So we got mom on the main line too. Okay, so keep going, keep going, sorry. I just said okay. that. Um, so, Yes, yeah, so I was going in to be child psychologist, right? So I read the psychology description and then I started looking at the classes and I was like, well, it seems like a lot of reading and writing. Um, and not that I'm against reading and writing, but it's not my like strong suit. It's not something that I'm like, yeah. And so I really needed at that time to think about like, where do, where do you want to spend? Are you elevating yourself? No, sorry. <laughs> okay, sorry. Uh, where do I want to spend most of my time and energy? And I had to be real about my motivation and making it through. And so I went with my interest, which is I have an interest in art, so I'm gonna go in that direction. And I'm gonna believe that like things will work out as they should. So I went in the art direction. And again, thankfully I didn't have to like come with a full portfolio from high school. Now the thing, um, I also loved education. So originally what I wanted to do once I knew child psychology wasn't the area for me is to just go full time into like majoring in education. Well, you can't major in education. I don't know if that's statewide or just at University of Richmond. So you had to have a minor, you had to minor in education and major in the subject you wanted to teach. I didn't want to teach any of the subjects. I knew um, very young that I wanted to be in education, but not a full-time classroom teacher. I love classroom teachers, highly respected um, position. And I'm like, there's no subject that for me was like, yeah, I can dive into it and do this um, well or wanted to. But I had to. And so I was like, well, I'm not choosing math, science, history. So I went art. 
Um, and so I went to, so I, that's how I did, got the studio art and element, well, not elementary, comprehensive education degree. Um, so are you, are you sitting there with like people like posing and you're like with an easel and you're drawing them? I'm trying to like. It's, it's a, uh, yes. Yeah, so we did do some classes with drawing classes where we had um, people who were posing. Oh my gosh. There was this one guy who would always come in with like a, a huge Slurpee and like be drinking his Slurpee during breaks and then go back and lay out. And I was like, if you really, anyway. So, I mean, there were drawing classes, sculpting classes, printmaking. My favorite was printmaking. Um, again, should have been focused and should have stuck with that a little bit <laughs> because now I'm like itching to take printmaking classes. So I'm going to try when I come to Richmond this summer, um, to take some classes at studio two, three, which is a, a, a nonprofit printmaking studio there that I've had my eye on. Um, so yeah, you had the range of classes. I didn't, I also love drawing. Um, so the, I knew that I was in the right place <laughs> when my first assignment for a drawing class, we had to do a pattern drawing. So you draw a, an, an image and then you break it into different sections and each section of that picture you put a different pattern into. And I was like, this is fantastic, love this. It was due and I had only had one section filled. Because of the type of pattern that I do, it takes like an hour to get a section that's maybe like a two by two filled. Cause I do really fine, yeah, I do really fine, <laughs> really fine pattern design. And so I came to the teacher and I was like, I promise I've been working on this diligently, but I didn't realize at that time, again, I, have, I was not doing art regularly, how much time it was going to take me. That teacher worked with me. I didn't turn that project in until six weeks later, um, but I just continued to kind of bring in the progress. And I filled up an entire poster board with these small little designs um, and I got a 98. Wow. 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 We're going to talk, we're going to talk in a second about how you're using your artistry in your current work, because yeah. I know that you are. Um, and that's very, very exciting. So your transition out of university of Richmond into William and Mary, like how did that happen? You said so there was uh, a two year break in there. So again, okay. I'm not, I was not as organized. Um, then as I was now, I was not as focused, so like, all of that. So, um, I was about to drop out of the School of Education at University of Richmond because I was like, this is all too much to balance. Like, I can't possibly see myself student teaching during the senior year. One, I was in way too many organizations and I was like, I'm not giving those up. So I guess the education minor has to go. Oh, and <laughs> So a couple of professors, they we went out to lunch and they said, we really think you need to stay. You're great at, you know, like this education thing is for you. And so maybe what we can do is adjust it so that you do your student teaching after you graduate. So that's what I did. Um, so I graduated and the semester after I graduated, I actually did my student teaching. It might've been like short pump elementary for half the time. And then I was at Wilder Middle School in Henrico for the second half. So okay. then what happened, yes, is that I did my student teaching in art. You had to do two different levels. I did it at Wilder, and while I was at Wilder, their teacher, like they didn't have an art teacher. <laughs> so like their oh. teacher left mid-year. So I actually stayed on and taught for the remainder of that year. So like November through June of that year, I was their art teacher. Again, I knew that this was not the role for me. So I, that at the end of that year, I was like, you all need to hire a real art teacher um, because these kids deserve to you know, get the art history, the passion and all that, that I was not coming to the job with. And then I stayed on 
that's that's good for you. That that's very very good that you I'm said. Trans, I'm trying to be transparent. I'm, I'm not volunteering this tribute to be in these kids' lives for the next four or five years. Good, 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 good. Um, but what I did do, and you talk about my favorite position ever, is they signed me up to be a permanent substitute for the next year. I literally came in every day and said, where do you need me? I would do that job for like, I love that job because I like to just like, where do you need me? Like, that's my, I like that role, you know, fix it. Got to take yeah. that back sometimes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so they would say like, great, this person needs a substitute or we need you over here. And that's where I would go. But it left me time to actually create, um, there was a, a after school organization I created with a couple of teachers called Classy. It, it has an acronym and I don't remember what the acronym means right now. Mm -hmm. um, and I was able to help out in one of the classrooms and create worksheets and stuff for them. And then I was also able to apply to graduate school. So that's when I applied to William & Mary and then went to William & Mary. Was that, was that a wild process, like making the decision to go to grad school or did it no. just seem like the next logical step to you? Uh, so it was the next logical step to me because, again, I knew I wanted the education background, but knew I didn't want to be a full-time teacher. I also knew I wanted a counseling background, um, mm. but I knew I didn't want to be a full-time counselor. <laughs> There's a pattern here. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So I actually was looking at two different um, paths at that point. I loved working on the college campus. I wasn't working at University of Richmond at that point but I was going back every summer to work with their summer program for incoming freshmen. And I was still mentoring on the campus. And so I said, well, I love, you know, so a lot of people then just go get a degree in student affairs, higher ed, student affairs or higher ed. Again, I looked at both programs, like counseling to me really speaks to me, higher ed, if I guess if I wanna be in, um, in higher ed. And I read the classes for higher ed and I was like, doesn't interest me. I would not do no. well in that program. I read the classes for counseling and I wanted to be in them immediately. So I, I applied for the counseling program. But before doing that, I actually did some informational interviews with about three or four different people, like two at University of Richmond, a couple people at VCU to say, if I came in with a counseling degree, would you still consider hiring me for these particular roles at this um, at higher educational institutions? And they were all like, yes because one woman had an MSW, a Master's of Social Work anyway. I was like, so thanks, goodbye, off to the counseling program. Um, and I was transparent with the counseling program that I was not gonna be a full-time counselor. So I did the family and marriage counseling track because it was the same as the like community counselor track, which made sense to me, but it had two more classes. And I said, well, why not just get all the education while I'm there? So that's why I went into the family and marriage counseling track at Women Mary. Well, what I love about you is that you have said, you know, there are parts of this journey that I really, really am drawn to, and there's parts of it that I'm not drawn to, and you kind of made your own experience, yeah, um, yeah. which is great, which leads me to your current position um, of being the Dean of Adult Equity. Adult. I remember you've been there, you've been there for, you've been in this role for how many years now? This is my third year. Yeah. So I remember yeah. three years ago when you first told me, I am going to be a, a, a dean of adult <laughs> equity and inclusion. I said, that's nice, dear. What are you doing? <laughs> what is that? And then I remember also telling you distinctly at that moment, I said, you better go back and tell these RCHS kids that they can be whatever they want to be when they grow up because you just made something up. Is, 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 um, I didn't make it up. I mean, to me, you did. Um, is it something that's been around for, for quite some time? 
or did it merge? Yeah, so this particular role at this school was new me coming into it. Um, what you'll find at a lot of independent schools is uh, some type of role around like diversity, equity, inclusion, multicultural something. Like it might be like the director of multicultural life, the dean of equity and inclusion. Um, and that role tends to be kind of all encompassing, right? Like if there's something that's going on in the classroom, you can come to me. If there's something that's happening around administration, you can come to me. If a parent needs something and board, but you can like, it, it spreads you pretty thin. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's the nature of the, of the roles for sure. So prior to being at this school, I was actually a 50% director of diversity, 50% assistant director of college counseling. So most of the roles you'll see are like these 50% roles or they're like so big. And so you just kind of have to pick and choose what you want to do. Mm-hmm. When I saw this role full time for just the adult community, it, to me, it was heaven because I was already in a 50% role working with everybody, middle school, high school, teachers, couldn't really get to the parents, right? Um, and this role specifically carves out, be with the faculty, staff, parents, admin, board, an adult that walked into this building. You know, like I'm there to, well, there's a lot that I do. Yeah, could you explain that? Because you're not really, I mean, beyond the course that you taught last semester or, um the semester before that you don't really have a lot of student involvement you're you're there basically trying to fix us grown folks issues right (laughs) yeah so the way that it works my first year i guess the way i explained it is like i'm here to support the adults that they can better support the students right so like put your gas mask not gas mask put your oxygen mask on first Not, not the gas. Put your oxygen mask on first. Like I'm here to like help the adults put their oxygen masks on. Like mm. so, if we're not doing the work around um, race, but then we jump into a class and we're like, "All right, students, get in small groups," and I'm going to lead you in conversations about race. That's actually not healthy because we haven't taken the time to understand what it feels like to talk about race and and work through that, and then figure out how to introduce that to students in a healthy way. So. Um, Okay, what I do with faculty and staff, I lead workshops. Um, I lead like some faculty meetings. Uh, I come up with like summer reading, for example. Um, professional development that spans equity and inclusion. That's any of the like, I mean, structural and societal powers and like race, racism, uh, like any, any, um, isms out there, like being able to be a sounding board and information source for them in terms of like, um, in a very strategic way too, you're not like passively saying, Hey, we're going to talk about diversity and inclusion issues or the ways, you know, in which our student population are affected by these things are happening. Trying to bring some specificity to it or at least some clarity. Right. So like, what are, what are some of the things like most, more recently there have been a lot of conversations around gender equity, um, around like us making sure that we have safe and affirming spaces for gender non-conforming and non-binary students, trans students. So the year before I came, this school did a work with the faculty and staff with an organization called Gender Spectrum, right? So then when I rolled in that year later, I could supplement some of that. And then I Wonderful. did a workshop with parents around gender, right? So I can take some of the work that's happening with the adults, with the employees, and also shift that and say, let's do a workshop for the parent community. Let me support parents and their learning as well, because we're, we're pumping up the students with all this new information. And then we're not actually talking to parents about how to support students or how to even 
um, grow in their own learning around the topics. And so that, then, when, so that yeah. when they're at home around the dinner table, the parents are not sitting there going, oh, I don't know what gender nonconforming is. They're actually able to engage with their kids in a healthy way. Yeah. I mean, and the workshop I did, though, right, only 15 people came. So what I'm working on now is like okay. how to make those resources available to more people, like doing webinars or things like that. Um, in addition to that, for the parents, I also... Um, support them. So if they feel like like they can't access resources at the school, then I can do that. So this year I've been really working around language access. So for families um, who primarily speak English, are we in our registrations for programming saying, if you need a, an interpreter, let us know, and then getting one and, and having mm -hmm. simultaneous translation headsets available so that those parents can come to programs. And do you, do you support communities that are not English speaking? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> okay. I, I don't know. <laughs> yes. Sorry. I don't know. Like, what would be the percentage of your population? Oh, got it. Got it. So, I mean, it's it's honestly, it's more than than who would say yes on that registration form, right? So, we have um, San Francisco is is diverse um, mm -hmm. in, in all different ways. And language, what we do is during the admission process, part of the admission process is asking parents about. Um, like their language access. And so we know at the beginning of the year, which families require like translated documents or interpretation. Um, what we have to get better that, at though is that when we have programs to actually say, if you need an interpreter, let us know, like like to just put that out there. Um, and then what we do is like for, for those families who say, yes, I need these services, report cards, right, get translated. Or if we have forms, we translate those. We, we're still, we're not like perfect in that system but we're getting better at it. Now, there are a whole slew of families who have language, um, whose primary language is not English, but who have other support systems and they don't need the school to be the support system. Mm -hmm. So what we're trying to work on is, okay, well then who needs a school to be the support system? But a parent could come, um, I think right now, right now there are only um, Spanish speaking families that fall into that list, but in the past there's also been Mandarin. Um, so it could be whatever language you're coming to us with, we will support in whatever way we can. Um, that's amazing. So, yeah, that's awesome. So, how, how do you think um, Richmond community prepares you for your current experiences? Hmm. Great question. I mean, <laughs> in many ways, I think community prepared me to be in in schools because I experienced school in a way that for me was so affirming and so like loving and caring and challenging. Um, that I can step into a school community and one, have a, a vision for like what we could be doing to make this affirming for those students that are in it. And at the same time, also, um, I think that just be able to think about uh, things out of the box, because I think in some ways with community, we didn't, the school I'm at now is like extremely well resourced. <laughs> when you don't always have the resources, you start thinking creatively about how you do things. So in some way, I've been able to come to these school communities that are well-resourced to be able to sh like provide some creative ideas around doing things that doesn't always take um, extreme amounts of dollars. It just takes love, time, like energy. Right. Um, yeah, so that's one way is just the care for schools and for students. Um, 
The other way, honestly, though, is what Senorita's altaspectaciones. Healing. For those of you who are watching who don't know, and thank you so much for the viewers who have uh, tuned in, please drop us a comment down below and let us know whether you're enjoying this or if you want us to like completely talk about something completely different. I'm open to that too on the alumni hour. For RCHS, um, Senorita Willis, who is a fan favorite of Class O2, I can't speak for everybody, but for Class O2, she was yeah. up there. She used to keep the words expectaciones, which means expectations in Spanish, on the ceiling to, to tell us that's where my intention is for you to rise. Yes. Yes. And rise, I, children, rise. <laughs> I, I had never seen that before. It was like, okay, well, I, I guess I need to be up there. Um, yeah. Well, right. So I think that like the beauty of growing up and in in communities, and then going to community where the first day that I didn't bring my homework to Singerita, she called my mom, and I was like, <laughs> and I have my homework ever since. <laughs> Is that like I learned like as disorganized as I was, there was a level of like you need to do your best and you go above and beyond. Like that's just. So that was that was a family message. I, my mom always used to talk about going above and beyond, right? And then that was also a community message. It was like, go above and beyond. Um, and so in that way, community has prepared me to always do that. So when I'm going into a position, I'm like, yeah, I see your job description. Here are five other things that I could do in this role that need to get done here. And, it, and it's not like a, it's like, we got a need. I can feel it. I got the energy. I have the time. I have the uh, ability, the access, like, let's do this. Um, yeah, like that, that, the idea of going beyond, we weren't just allowed to turn in just a senior thesis. Like we had to go beyond. Yeah. We weren't allowed just to do the regular classes. We had to do like the AP classes. We weren't, you know, like, yeah. I think that becomes ingrained in you. And when it becomes ingrained in you in your formulative years, like it kind of sticks. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think that it's the academics that, community were great, but it's, and this is what we know, right, about school. It's, it's, this, it's the stuff outside the classroom, it's the stuff that happens between you and your classmates. It's usually not the academic stuff that you're like, yeah, you know, that, that's what stuck with me. And so it's, it's those pieces of community's culture um, that stuck with me. Yeah. 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 That's, that's really, really, really cool. Um, oh, uh, then, more. oh, by all means, go, go, go. The last one that I'll say is just the sense of like being a community. I, I, I think that there's a like that. Um, we truly were like. I mean, I remember like people. If if someone was falling asleep because they had to work it late at night during and during an exam, like we were like, come on, like you got this, you can make it through, right? If someone wasn't performing or someone like this is due. How were we going to like get ourselves, you know, like how, it, because it was ourselves, right? It wasn't just like, well, I got mine done. So sorry, Andre. And so I think like that whole sense of like, of keeping each other, making sure that the whole community was going forward. I don't know that that was, uh, I don't know that every class was like that, but that was certainly something that was a part of our class. And then has really helped me in terms of the way that I talk and frame things in schools now where I'm looking at people like, yeah, but if Jimmy over there isn't doing that, like that's part of your responsibility too, is like to have enough care for him to kind of be like, let's come up together. Cause otherwise it, I'm looking at all y'all the same. Right, right. I um tell people um still to this day, I would not have graduated that school um 
if it had not been for you. I remember you pulling me over in the parking lot by the chain link fence, the chain the chain link fence, and yeah. being like, "You've got to get." Because I mean, I'm still prone to this. I'll be like, "I don't know if I can do it." And I just and I still hit you know, with Excuse me. So <laughs> to this day, that's another thing I love about the relationships that are built. You and Shay Oliver and Denise, and um, I I don't hear from them, but I see uh, Ben's comments all the time online. And, you know, we still have each other's back in the same way. And if it hadn't been for you, like, by the Volvo, out out in the parking lot going, oh, you're going to (laughs) graduate. That's what you're going to do. You didn't come this far not to graduate. I'm like, okay, Vicky, I guess I'll do it. So, yeah, that accountability um, that we have to each other is something that it seems like you're also... um, And part of that is cultural, right? So the other part of me has to recognize that that's not everyone's culture. That's a huge cultural component. Um, Again, like, that for my life. And so I can't... I understand that that doesn't translate to everybody, but... Yeah, that's my lens. I mean, but it seems like you're doing the work to make sure that the kids that you're currently working with and the communities that you're currently serving are at least um, coming into the awareness and the knowledge that these things are possible, not just because of something you read in a book, but because of your lived experience. Right, right, right. Yeah. I mean, when you think about like kids who are applying to college now, I talk whenever an anxious senior comes up. The first thing I share is like the job I have right now wasn't created until three years ago, right? So there are new jobs being created literally every year, every day. So there's a way that that we can look at life as like a a pathway and you have to do this plus this plus this to get here. Or we could also just recognize that there are gonna be some jobs like that. Like if I wanna be a dentist, I know what I need to do. Shouts to Tiffany. Hey Tiffany. I I was like, I I know. (laughs) What class is your sister in from community? It would have been 2000, she's two years ahead. Okay, yeah. cool, cool, cool. Yeah, so um, we know where to find a dentist. Yeah. Yes, yes. So if I want to be a dentist, if I want to be a lawyer, right? Like there are some clear steps I'm going to have to take. But then there are other positions that, that the world is going to be creating just because of the nature of where society is. And like just providing that student who doesn't exactly know what they want to do with just some reassurance that like keep following your passions, keep doing what you love and do your best at it. That's going to bring the opportunities. Your enthusiasm for that your passions for that, that's going to bring opportunities more so than you being in a position that you hate, having a bad attitude about it, being resentful, not doing well. Like life is too short. Right, right, right. Perfect segue into my second to last question. Thank you, everybody who has been tuning in today to this RCHS Alumni Hour. It's a space where we come together and highlight the really, really awesome and talented uh, alumni of Richard Community High School. I will forever mess up that word. Um, Lisa told me last week, like, we didn't study Latin, you know? Um, That was the pandemic. Um, So... Anyway, we're creating this community uh, of alumni online so that we can share stories, boost each other up, and figure out what's been going on in each other's lives for the last few yeah. years. If you have a comment or question for Binky, now's your time to leave one down live. Um, and then I'm going to ask my second to last one. Um, what advice would you give your 14-year-old mm-hmm. self? Ooh, 14-year-old self. Cause that was about the time that we were taking the Myers Briggs with Senorita and um, Miss Gray. Hmm. Yes, of course. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're taking the Myers Briggs at fourteen, right? Okay, so for my fourteen-year-old self, 
First of all, take an art class. Like, well, I don't know what was wrong with me. Like, why did I not take art classes? Um, yeah, I mean, on, like one, if I had the technology now, I mean, then that I have now, mm -hmm. I imagine that I would have been much more organized. Um, <laughs> but I would tell my 14 year old self like, slow down, get organized. You don't have to literally be in everything. Cause I literally was in everything, not everything but in way too much. Um, so just to tell myself to slow down, like enjoy yourself. I did enjoy myself though. I mean, and start learning about money. My gosh. We talk about, you and I talk about this offline all the time, like right. how financial literacy, especially for black and brown children is like, should be top priority for all right. of you. Yeah, I don't yeah. have a chicken or a child running around, but if I did, um, <laughs> financial literacy, yeah. Anything yeah, else? For sure. I mean, I mean, those would be the things, but yeah, when I look back, like there aren't, there, there is a recognition that like some lessons in some like parts of your life you have to grow into. I had to grow into figuring out my like self because the phrase I heard growing up a lot was, um, and not anywhere in particular, I think everyone was just saying, right. is like the Jack of all trades, the master of none. And so I was like, Oh my gosh. what? Am I? So I was feeling like, um, yeah, like like I was failing because there wasn't this one thing. And then as I grew older, I realized like, no, like that's okay. I can actually use all of my talents for like, it's okay to actually not know and to allow that to kind of continue to blossom. And like, just to remind my younger self that um, and to then affirm those who like know exactly what they want to do and are on their way. Wonderful, wonderful. Um, the question that I've been asking, I, well, this is this, this is episode two, so that I've been asking hundreds of alumni. Um, the question that I've been asking them is, what would you say right now to the current and or graduating RCHS students? What 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 wisdom would you impart wisdom. to them? I mean, first of all, and I think I so. I don't remember what year it was, but I, I was like the commencement speaker. I, I don't think I did as great a job as I could have um, for community. And I think I told them then too, like the financial piece for me is always going to be something to younger folks is like learning about money sounds so cliche, but honestly, like the younger that you can learn some of the habits around saving the habits around like, or just the understanding of how money works in this society. Um, mm. You don't, end up in your 20s and 30s being like, wait, oh, oh, you know, like feeling like you have to recover from these hiccups. And it's such an important, especially I think people coming from public schools and then you branch out into this world where you're in schools of people from all over, some of whom have unlimited amount of resources and who don't have to think about money in the way that um, you might have to. It's so important to kind of have your own narrative around money at this point like you know to and to be able to acknowledge like here's where i am and here's what i can do and set boundaries i was not a good like my impulse control was low um <laughs> when i was younger around money and around like my my time and procrastination and i really like that's a habit that i think again comes with time but if there is someone out there who's like oh i'm gonna take note of that then great take note of it um and the other is like understand the great legacy of schools that you've come from like richmond community high school was designed i was about to go into the mission statement we had to memorize do you, do you, do you, wait 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 wait, wait. Do you, do you still remember? richmond community high school was designed wait wait, wait so, okay 
Richmond Community High School was designed to, was it cognitively and affectively nurture gifted and potentially gifted students from low-income families in the city of Richmond? And then there was a whole second paragraph. <laughs> but again, Richmond Community High School was designed, like it's not by like some random throwing things together. The people that designed our high school knew the things that we needed coming from the city of Richmond, looking at some of the trends, right? Mm. So like that swimming requirement, I hope it's still there. It was there for a reason. And so like I, again, doing the work I'm doing now in schools that cost upwards of $45,000 a year, not college, reminds me that like we have amazing education that was designed and curated for us. Um, and we went there for free. Like, it, I mean, don't, don't, like, I just, I wouldn't, um, miss like that opportunity, like live it, live it, enjoy it, take advantage of all the opportunities that come with a Richmond Community High School education. Um, because yeah, like you actually can't buy it. You actually cannot buy it. Like it is at, yeah, yeah, yeah. And life is like life goes really swiftly. I think that when you when you're younger, you're like, oh I can't wait till I'm this age and I can do this. Oh I can't wait till I'm this age and I can do this. And you realize like once you're our age that you're just like, oh I wish I could go back to like you know just enjoy some of the freedoms and not have speak for you. I don't know what age you're talking about. <laughs> I okay, yeah. Again, I was one of those people that like loved all of childhood and whatever. So and still yeah. love <laughs> Yes. Well, thank you for being on today, the alumni hour, and sharing about your experience. Like it's very I love you so much, number one. Um, and then number two, like it's very clear that you figured out a way to use your community experiences and then your collegiate experiences and then your adult experiences to really make and carve your own groove into life um, mm -hmm. and making an impact in your community, both locally and at large. So thank you for being a personal inspiration. <laughs> um, and hopefully the viewers today have also um, heard something that's really, really inspired them. May I uh, pitch my idea for the summer? Of course, of course. Um, I'm going to go into announcements. So, okay. yeah. So oh, go. Um, I'll be in Richmond this summer, and I would love to have a live live. So, like, being in Richmond, having Andre in Richmond, <laughs> and having alumni who are around, like, do a Facebook live live. Um, because why so not? Pop so what Binky, Binky. what Binky is saying is that if you are in the Richmond, the RVA area, the Richmond, Virginia area, come this summer, we're going to be announcing a live live where we post <laughs> up in an undisclosed location right now, but we know where it's going to be. <laughs> and we just all get together and we do it the Pharaoh way. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Mark, like, stay tuned to this channel and stay tuned to these shows because um, we will be taking over some airwaves very, very soon. Yes. I want to yeah. hear the announcements. Go. Okay. So the announcements are that tomorrow, May 22nd at 8 a.m., the Alumni Association will be hosting the annual Senior Breakfast. Do you remember the Senior Breakfast? Uh, we, there were a number of senior events. I'm going to assume that one was there, but it might not have been because it might be directly connected with the Alumni Association, which was just starting for us newborn estate cool well, no, I, mean, like, I think I, the actual alumni association wasn't like started right by the time we graduated 
Oh, I don't know. I, all I know yeah, is so I saw sausage get, and pancakes. Brower and them. Like you need to get some of like the like old heads who have been like like really trying to like keep this thing going in here. Um, I'll, okay. I'll pass on some names to you. I'll pass. Please them. do. Please let them know this is happening. Like because I yeah. saw sausage and um fruit uh plates and stuff on the menu. Mm. Um, and I said, well, can I come? They did say I could come, but I couldn't fly down. Yeah. Anyway, tomorrow at 8 a.m., the Alumni Association will be hosting the annual senior breakfast to celebrate this year's graduating students and welcome them into the distinguished drinks of the <laughs> RCHS Alumni Association. Alumnus are encouraged to come and find out more about this stellar group of young kids. Please RSVP if you want to attend. It's not too late, I'm sure. Um, uh, to Allison Owens at rchsfund at gmail.com. I'm also going to, this is a moment, instead of when you were giving your wisdom from on high, now I should be putting in the roller that says support rchs.com instead of when you were telling us all the wonder of the universe. <laughs> oh my gosh. The Alumni Association is also seeking a new executive board members. Um, and this launched a communication campaign to highlight RCHS alum. It's what you are watching right now. So nominate yourself or someone else that's RCHS Pride to come on. This will be something that's happening every week on Tuesdays. So if you know someone who you may, you may have the coolest story to tell, or you may have just been wandering the streets of Richmond since you graduated, that's cool to me too. Um, like you, you know, have a story to tell. You got a story and we want to hear it. So please uh, contact us either at rchsfund at gmail.com or just drop me a DM because it's 2019 and I'll send you all the paperwork and stuff to get you on board. It's and not then, a lot of paperwork. You said all the paperwork, like you're signing a deed to a house. <laughs> I mean, it's two websites, but it's paperwork. I mean, you got to read it to show whatever. It's paperwork. <laughs> um, seniors, the Beasley family is offering a thousand dollar gift scholarship. Huh? I said I hope people have been applying to that. You're not eligible, so calm down. I mean, I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's a thousand dollar gift scholarship to the senior applicant that can be used for incidentals needed to start your freshman year. The funds can be used for things like purchasing a computer, meal plan, or dorm necessities. Thank so please take a minute. Say it again. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm interrupting your announcement. This is no different than, than the late 90s. <laughs> One more time. Anything money can buy. Anything money can buy. I think they wanted to ask me for school. You can't <laughs> look. It's like, it, don't say anything. I didn't mean. Okay. Well, okay, wait. Can I pause your announcement? Of course you can. <laughs> What's up? I have a memory. Um, Andante Thomas, senior year, I love that she went hard in terms of like scholarships. And there were some kids that I worked with a couple years ago who were like, uh, scholarships so so hard to find. And I was like, if you like if if if, if that additional fund, five hundred here, a thousand here, five hundred here, a thousand here would like work for you, apply for those things. She had a like three inch binder and was like going. And that's she went really hard. Yeah, I, I wonder if Nell that would still be on I wonder if Nailnet would still be knocking on my door if I had applied myself like a dog. <laughs> but that's like, I just, I, I love that. Like, I love looking at like, just again, inspiration, like different people being like, this is what I want. So I'm going to get it. Um, and she carried around that notebook and was applying and writing her essays. And I was like, yeah, on it. I was, again, I wasn't organized enough, but. 
we were surrounded by inspiration then, and people like Adante like are still inspirational. That's that's why I wanted to do this because it's like she probably still carrying around a binder somewhere. Like you know, like it's it's amazing. So oh, anyway, thank you for announcements. Seniors, if you want that thousand dollars for all of the legal things, not the California no. thing that Binky was probably talking about, please no, share your information. <laughs> Please take a minute to share your information about your community service experience to apply for the award. And then mini masters are currently underway this week, May 20th through 24th. Thank you to all who have helped support the Friends of Richmond Community High School initiative to provide financial support so that all of the students can attend. Um, we're still collecting sponsorship um, money. So if you're interested, please uh, visit that scrolling link, support RCHS. Dot com. Thank you to everyone who has supported this vision that I've had of getting awesome alumni like Binky out into these streets to talk about the cool things she's been doing over the last <laughs> decade. Listen, I, you know, every year is a blessing. So I'll let y'all know, like, how old am I? I think I'm 34. I'll be 35 in September. Nope. Every year. Thank you, Jesus. Hello, Lord. You, is that I right? Feel- Will it be? I don't know. Is that right? Wh- what? We'll be 35. Are you 35? I'm already hanging at 35 and you're going to be 35. In September. Yeah, yeah. Blessings. Yeah. And and you know, blessings everywhere. Blessings everywhere. So anyway, before we go into a whole nother tangent, because that's how we do, thanks everyone who's viewed. See you next Tuesday on the RCHS Alumni Hour. Thanks, Vinky. Bye. Bye. Bye, everybody.